0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Sessions. This is Amets here. I'm joined by B-Pimp. B-Pimp, how you going? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going just fine. Good. Uh, here in the Windy City. I literally have not even had any part of a drink yet, <laughs> and I couldn't get the first question out correctly. It's a solid start. It's an A-plus start. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know what it i is. is. I'm, I'm, I've got a fever. I'm wrapped up in... NBA fever. The playoffs have started, and I don't mean to kind of let the goose loose for our listeners, but we actually recorded this slightly before any of the playoff games began. And we know when it's released, probably two games of each series will be done. What are you looking forward to? Which which series? There's a lot of good ones. First of all, I'm really glad Minnesota made it, uh, because they're like the former Bulls. So, yeah, there's a lot of
1: bulls on that team.
0: Yeah, I like I. I don't think the Rockets are infallible. I think they can take down the Rockets.
1: They definitely could. I mean, if the Rockets slump, the the bad part about uh, being such an offensive juggernaut like that is if you have a night off shooting wise, it can let a team in a game. And especially you know Thibodeau's defense. I, I know it's not up to the standard he had in Chicago yet because he's still working on it, but. Right,
0: you know they have a chance. I think they do have a chance. Uh, I I even like the Spurs kind of going against the Warriors. I mean, I think the Warriors are going to win, but still, that's a that's a not an easy pass for them.
1: Is Kawhi um, playing at all? Do we know yet?
0: I don't think so. Okay, but you know um, what? I will say, Lamarcus Aldridge has got to be. The best mid-range jump shooter that NBA has ever seen in the history of the league. I think so. I have not seen anybody me be more of like just a dead-on 17-foot jump shot maker.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's good. And without Kawhi being, you know, playing most of the year, he's he gets more offensive reps. I know they have Rudy Gay, and uh, they still have Ginobili somehow. So there's somehow are still going other people to, to spread the ball around to, but I don't know, without Steph Curry, the Warriors might be uh, a little shaky in the first round.
0: Yeah, I and I I mean, honestly, there's not a series that I'm, that I'm mad about. What about you?
1: I don't know the, none stick out that I'm like, you know, it's a total blowout, you know, not interesting, so I'm probably gonna yeah. check some of these out I have checked some of these out (laughs) probably as we have the first round underway
0: uh I also like that the Pelicans uh are ending up playing the the uh Blazers because that means one of those two teams is going to the second round and I like both those teams a lot
1: yeah same here I'm a big Damian Lillard
0: fan yeah he's been good top five MVP this year I think
1: I did see also a note the other day that if he gets to, I believe if he gets to and wins the finals, he gets an extra 1.5 mil. So he's Whoa. got some
0: motivation. If he, Wow, I love contract incentives. Like, why aren't there more like that? That is like a crazy, that's a huge bonus, a million and a half, even for people that make a lot of money. Just to think, like, you just do this one thing, that's another million and a half dollars. Who would not go for that? Plus,
1: think about it. If he wins, he's already going to be ecstatic. He probably won't even care at that point because he won a championship.
0: Right. But
1: you're all ecstatic about winning a championship. And then, you know, you start to come down from it. It's like, oh, and I get a million and a half in my bank account.
0: This is yeah. great. No, that's awesome. Who? Okay. So when the playoffs are all said and done, who do you think are the two teams going to the finals this year?
1: Who, boy. You know what? I am
0: going to roll the dice
1: here. I got a feeling. The Rockets have been my team for the last couple years. You've I'm been sticking stick with them. them. You've been picking them, yeah. And I'm going to say the Sixers come out of the East.
0: Whoa, that's I think, bold. I,
1: I think Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, will come back and uh, buoy them, buoy them, however you say that, in the second round. Sam buoy them. Sam buoy them. Uh-huh. but do they do the opposite of what St. Louis did? <laughs> Hopefully.
0: <laughs> and I think it's going to be a an upstart finals and it's going to be interesting. That would be exciting. Who would you have in a Rockets versus Sixers matchup?
1: I feel like it's the uh the power of the beard will propel James Harden to his first title.
0: Yeah. I I watched a Rockets game recently and it was just I just forget that he does this. He just goes through the lane and literally shoves his arms with the ball into defending players and makes the ref call something. Yeah, pretty brilliant. Makes me yeah. wonder why
1: more people don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to, like, I don't think about playing basketball that way. I mean, I don't play with refs, really, so that would be kind of dumb. But, like, it it takes, like, a certain brain to think about how you're going to actually swing your arms while you're driving through the lane to get a foul, but also hopefully make the basket.
1: Yeah, he's he's. I, I just like, I don't know. I kind of like Mike D'Antoni. I like Daryl Morey. What I've heard of him. Yeah, the GM. He ta- I like how Kennedy is when you know he just talks about what their goals are and he's you know basically up front. We have to find a way to beat the Warriors so we can get to the finals. It's I mean it's pretty cut and dry.
0: So I like that, but I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I gotta say. I mean, I think. Because the Celtics are, like, so decimated, and they're the number two seed, I don't see them making it. So I think, like, for sure it is uh, Philadelphia's, they could, if they make it to the second round, they could take down Boston. I think Cleveland can beat Toronto, so I think the Eastern Conference Finals will be Cleveland and Philadelphia. But I'm going to take Cleveland going to the Finals, and I still think Golden State is going to go to the Finals. Uh, Oh, you're
1: picking chalk? Well, not chalk, but...
0: No, I I know. I think it'll be a more exciting playoffs, but I still think that's going to happen.
1: All right, well, I can't argue with your logic.
0: And I think Cleveland's going to win the finals this year. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: They did. I did like some of the moves they made, um, some of those trades to get some younger guys to kind of switch up their skill set.
0: Yeah, I like that, too. All right, we have a... Great top five for everybody today. We're going to do the top five horror movies of all time. I'm excited for this one.
1: Oh, I can't wait. This was a lot of fun to put together. I have a ton of movies that actually made it on the list that I then had to pick five out of and then rank them. Yeah. Um, and we don't but... want
0: to hear any guff from people saying, like, is this or is this not a horror movie? We kind of had to play with the parameters a little bit. I, I if... still am, you know... Unsure of a couple of them
1: I don't want to speak out of turn and Or speak for you in any way of course mm-hmm. But I think we stuck To the horror thriller Boundaries So yeah. at the very edges of it It's at least a thriller that you can argue Is a horror movie um, But we'll see I don't know if you had any Sneak in there that maybe are outside of that But I, I kind of tried to stay in that Ballpark
0: Yeah no I uh, I, I Basically did as well But before we get to our top five horror movies, I've got a whiskey, and it is a whiskey sponsored by the actress Mila Kunis, and it's Jim Beam Devil's Cut 90 Proof Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And I can't remember exactly what the commercial says about this, but it's something to do with the devil gets a cut of whatever whiskey, I don't know, what's, do you remember the legend? Yeah, it's uh, I think it has to do. Well, they call when whiskey's distilling,
1: the 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 vapor that comes out of the barrels and gets lost in the distilling process is called the angel share, I think. Ah. So then I think devil's cut is whatever's ingrained in the barrel that gets lost, or it makes it maybe the barrel makes it spicier or something. It's something like that. Something to do with wood and transferring properties, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I I'm cool with that. Anyway, but the point is, we got to see if it's smooth or gets the boot. So I'm gonna try it right now. I've got it on the rocks. Here we go.
1: I, f- I feel like anything that Mila Kunis would attach her name to has to be a solid product. So I have uh, high hopes for this.
0: I'm trying it.
1: Oh boy, I. It's definitely promising.
0: It's it's real spicy. It is a little bit spicy. Not too spicy. It's not too different from normal Jim Beam. But it's got something in it. It's like almost a syrupiness to it. I think I, I want to check the ingredients. It's probably devil juice. Yeah, I think it's the devil juice. Oh, well, you know what's weird? Alcohol like doesn't require having ingredients in it. No, they could put whatever they want in there. Is that weird that everything else has to put it in there except for alcohol? Is they that the law? They just don't
1: care. We're like, you know, anyone. Who, they figure anyone who's drinking are garbage people, so
0: they're just like, Meh. Yeah. We don't All need right. to worry about it. I am, I'm sitting with it with Wild while because I, I, I really didn't want to be on the fence with this and I wanted to make sure the aftertaste, of, I wanted to see where it went before I decided.
1: I know that's a key for you. It so is let's...
0: because it's it's got to be like how it sits with me. And now it's been about a minute. I don't think I've ever waited longer to say if something is smooth or gets the boot. But this one is on the smooth train. Woo! 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 Yeah. Choo-choo. Step a- It's It's in the back car of the smooth train. But it, it just... It made it on the train. I think is what I'm trying to say. Did it did it have
1: to, like, drag for a few miles and then pull its way up onto the back car? Or was it just sitting in the back?
0: It what? Okay. It... So normal Jim Beam was already sitting in the back car trying to say to Jim Beam Devil's Cut, like, come on, you can make it! You can make it! And then grabs Devil's Cut by the arm, just as they're running along the back end of the train car, and brings it on up. And I That's, I, that's a beautiful scene. In the, it really is. In you know, the old Whiskey movie, that, that would be a climactic scene. Oh, it definitely is. Speaking of movies, as we discussed, we have a hell of a top five. Are you ready to get to it? The top five horror movies of all time? I gotta shake off these spooky vibes I'm getting, but yes, I'm ready. All right. In that case, let's get to it. These are our top five horror movies. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B Pimp, what is your number five horror movie? Number five for me is the
1: terrifying. Sci-fi horror film, Event
0: Horizon. Ooh. I feel like a lot of people were caught off guard that this even was a horror movie. Yeah.
1: It's pretty horrifying. Yes. It's like a you get basically a uh, a trip into... This ship takes a trip into hell, and then all these horrifying images get played to the uh, crew members or whatever they're called on the ship. It's a... It's stuck in my mind. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it just it just creeps the hell out of me.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it in a really long time either, and I just... All I remember is Lawrence Fishburne and really scary. Sam Neill, I think, is in it also. Ah, Sam Neill. A classic actor I forgot about. Yep. But the funny thing about Event Horizon was... And I didn't know this until looking it up today poorly reviewed, which blows my mind. Do you think it's because people got something they weren't expecting? I think they got too scared. Um, too scared, I think, yeah. When they were watching it, they
1: just, you know, they did, all of them basically they were shaking when they left and then they made a gut reaction to review it. And I think that's what affected this reviewer, who I have to mention his quote uh, because it's a brilliant piece of writing but it's uh the Washington Post Stephen Hunter, in his review, mm-hmm. he did not like the movie. And he said, uh, if you want to have that Event Horizon experience without spending the seven bucks, try this instead. Put a bucket on your head. Have a loved one beat on it vigorously with a wrench for 100 minutes. <laughs> same, same difference, and think of the gas you'll save.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I long for the days that movies were $7. Yeah, that's
1: a, but that's a real honest review from old uh, Stephen Hunter. Yeah. So I have to give him credit for that. But I like it. I think it's, uh, I read a little bit about, from the director, and he said he had a really condensed editing time for some reason. They had weird production schedules, so he thinks that it would have been better if they had more time to
0: edit it. But I don't know. It's it's a pretty unique, terrifying piece of film. Yeah, I, uh, I cannot disagree with you. A worthy number five. All right, my Wait. number five is uh, a pretty recent movie. I think it came out maybe two years ago. It's It Follows. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, I like it a lot too. It's not the most terrifying movie ever, but I think part of it that resonated with me um, was that I've I've had dreams like that as a kid, where something just slowly follows you forever. And the the part of my dreams were not that you like passed it on to somebody else by having sex with them. But the actual part where something like creepy like follows you all the time is a real nightmare I've had. So it was crazy that they actually made a movie about that.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a film I heard a lot about, and I knew it was on Netflix, so I checked it out once without too much foreknowledge of what it was, and it it was a it was definitely a, a good old fright fest.
0: Yeah, and. You know what's really key about a good horror movie is that the opening scene is like captivating it was i think yeah. that's the case with it follows it's a case with the movie that it just replaced as my number five a mere seconds ago uh that is now on my honorable mentions list but like that good opening scene that is critical in a horror movie
1: yeah and they did a great job with that there was a really good uh just a spooky atmosphere in that yeah. movie All right, what is your number four? My number four is something you should never say three times or five times. I don't remember what it is, but it's Candyman.
0: Oh, Candyman. That's a good one. I just totally forgot about Candyman.
1: I love this movie. It is another one that just... I'm not easily spooked by movies. I mean, I can watch pretty scary movies and be fine, uh, but... Candyman is a a very scary horror film. Um, And the other bonus to it for me is, I think we've talked about this before. I don't remember when it was, but um, there's a lot of footage of Chicago in like the very early 90s and it just looks a lot different now. So it's a a combo of, I enjoy the movie, good acting performances, terrifying villain, weird storyline. But then you also get to see some nostalgic Chicago Scenery,
0: yeah. I think when we did a top five about movie villains, this came up. But mm-hmm. it is you're totally right, it's like these awesome overhead shots, and a lot of it of one of my alma mater's UIC. Uh, it has a lot of overhead shots of that campus when it was a little more concrete than it is now, yeah. But very creepy, very,
1: very good film or uh, what is that cinematography in that yes. movie?
0: Thought it out. What's your number four? My number four is Rosemary's Baby, which is... Is it the oldest movie on my list? I Uh, believe that came out in 68, if I recall correctly. Yes, it is indeed the oldest movie on my list. I found it just, like, so perfectly creepy. It doesn't... It kind of just settles in with you. It doesn't try to go for jump scares. The dream sequence or the nightmare sequence, is, like, kind of nauseating. I can't even really explain how they filmed it. But I do remember my freshman year of college, uh, I watched it with a friend, and I think maybe he had smoked a little too much, or I'm not sure. But I remember he just threw up during the movie. And I think it was (laughs) during that sequence, and I was like, ugh. I mean, I don't, like, enjoy watching this that much, but it's not, like, actually making me throw up.
1: It got a, a really good rating on the pukeometer. <laughs> never, no, that was an honorable mention for me. That's a good, excellent choice. It's a very scary movie.
0: Yeah, and well acted. Oh yeah, really it is good. In a, a lot of old movies, especially the '60s and earlier, like there's a style of acting. It's not necessarily like wooden, but it's like a certain like stage performance kind of acting that seems to be in almost like every movie from that era, which I don't mind. But I love how in Rosemary's Baby, it, it still has a lot of that kind of acting, but it's it's supposed to be creepy. And so it right. really works.
1: Yeah, it's a really well-done overall movie. I, I thought about having that on the list, but it did not make it.
0: All right, what is your number three,
1: then? My number three is the classic The Exorcist.
0: Mm. I thought about this one, and I found it creepy, too. But I think unless you're... Uh, religiously indoctrinated as a child. It doesn't quite resonate as much. But I, everyone else says Exorcist is up there. So tell me why it's there for you. No, I, because I was religiously
1: indoctrinated as a child. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I went to Catholic school my entire life, which is a great irony, considering that I have no religious interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the um, we saw the Exorcist, funny enough, with... In eighth grade with my youth group at church, and the priest took us to see it. Really? It was like a field trip. Wow. Uh, so a whole weird situation there. <laughs> um, it, was, it was like re-released at the time for some reason. It might have been some anniversary. I don't remember why it was out. but it, Actually, you know what? It might have been like a 20-year anniversary or something like that. But um, I remember we went to a little theater in the South Burbs, watched it. First time I had seen it. Um, I was already probably by that point disenchanted with religion, not like believing in it, but even still, just having grown up in all the trappings of being forced to go to church every week, twice a week, and being around that kind of stuff, just seeing that movie um, at like 13 years old or whatever, it was
0: a pretty scary experience. Yeah, I could see that. And I love that your priest took you there for a school trip. Like, what did he say? This is, like, a documentary? No, he, uh, he basically... Actually, you know what? I take it back. It was, like, a film club. We were in
1: this weird, like, film club that my friend Dave and I... Uh, to this day, I cannot find it. We made a VHS. It was called Dance Entrepreneurs. And what we did was we filmed each other dancing to music at my parents' house. It was, like, UFO, like, heavy metal and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, we like, choreographed dances. So if there was one thing I could magically make reappear or figure out where it was, I want to see that tape because it's got to be horrifying. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I, I hope I find it. If I ever find it, I will
0: share it. Okay, and it will make this list if we revisit this top five. That'll be my number one. <laughs> number one with a bullet. All right, my number three is... Misery. Excellent. And this, honestly, is solely based on Kathy Bates' performance. Which I think is so pitch perfect in this movie. She, I, I, this is one of those movies, too, with a, along with a couple others I probably watched too young. And just, Kathy Bates is, just even as an actress, I cannot not think of her in this role. And she terrifies me as a person. Still,
1: if you ever if you ever met her, you would just run.
0: Oh yeah, I would be afraid that she would break my leg, or uh, I'm trying to think what else she'd make a casserole with. Um, God, what is the gross? Oh, with spam in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, meatloaf. Yeah, a... It was a meatloaf with spam in it, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, God. But yeah, that that so creepy, and just like terrifying.
1: It's a, that's a great choice. It was an honorable mention for me. I like... Um, it's, a one, it's one that I want to watch, but I sometimes don't because of how creepy or how uh, unsettling
0: Kathy Bates is in that movie. It's so unsettling. And there are, like, a few horror movies where I'm like, I just... Ugh, no. I don't... I'd have to be really in the mood for that. But, yeah. Misery really creeps me out. All right. My number two
1: is The Silence of the Lambs. Oh... Okay, so this movie is um, another one that set... I believe they set it in Calumet City where the killer lived. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they actually filmed anything around Calumet City. But that's like five minutes from where I grew up. Um, right. So that's part of it. But just overall, I mean, Jodie Foster's great in that movie. Anthony Hopkins is unbelievable as Hannibal Lecter. Um, yes. The killer guy... I think it's Ted Levine that plays Buffalo Bill. He is... That's just one of the iconic, weird, unique, strange, terrifying movie villains. Um, it's a great edge-of-your-seat freak fest, I'm going to call it. And that's The Silence of the Lambs.
0: It's so quotable. I, did, I didn't realize how many just quotes come from that movie. Like, from yeah. every character, too. Whether it's, like, Anthony Hopkins... Um, Or just like, what is the the line that uh, Buffalo Bill says to the cop? Like, "Was she a big old fat woman?" (laughs) Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm laughing because that was a very good impression of that guy. It it might have been lady instead of woman. I'm gonna have to watch that again. It's been a few years.
1: I like the cliche. uh, I eat his liver with fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah, (laughs)
0: it's a great movie. No, it, it really is. And, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but we don't have a double dip. If we had changed the order, we would have. So I guess I Whatever work
1: Whatever that means.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, my number two is a recent movie. Came out just last year. Get Out. So we saw this in theaters, uh, like, right about when it came out. And I remember liking it, thinking it was super creepy. Uh, Didn't see it until, again, until about two weeks ago. And I I thought the whole time with the movie that it actually... I thought at the end of the movie that it kind of copped out on its premise right toward the end. Like it didn't quite go for the jugular, which might still be the case. But I had actually forgotten part of the movie, I guess. I'd assumed because it's so race-related that... At the end of the movie, I just remember the... I forget what the actor's name is, but he was, like, the boss of News Radio. And uh, Melvin in Office Space. Oh, yeah. The stapler Uh, guy, whatever his name was.
1: Yeah, he was in Cedar Rapids, too, right?
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. But anyway, so he's the guy that, like, basically buys the body of the main character, Chris. And he explained in the movie that... He didn't pick it anything to do with race. It was just the fact that Chris could see. Which I thought was like sort of a cop out, but was actually I can't explain it without explaining way too much of the movie. But the point is yeah. I watched this again, uh, a couple of weeks ago with Maggie, and the movie does like not waste a second. I didn't realize how like perfectly directed it was. Yeah, I need I need to rewatch
1: it. I didn't even consider it for this list because I I do think it is a horror movie, but for some reason I just don't. It doesn't come to mind for me when I'm thinking of horror movies. It's almost like a subversive like ex, like extreme satire to me, um, and it's funny in places. But it's I mean it definitely is a horror movie, um, and it's good. It, it, I only saw it in theaters when it came, like like you when it came out. I, I want to rewatch it again um, because when it when it did come out just with like the political landscape and all the things that were going on being even more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember just being lost in that part of it and kind of having that reaction. I want to watch it again. Not that it's any better these days, but like just to like a little bit more distance I've seen it once. I want to watch it again and kind of see it, see what I pick up from it, but it's, it's an excellent choice.
0: Yeah. On a second viewing, it is even better. And I didn't think it would be, but I actually picked up on a little bit more. And um, but I get what you're saying. It's it it is a little subversive and at times funny. And it's I don't know where I drew the line in my own head because for that same reason I discounted Cabin in the Woods as being a horror movie. Oh yeah, which both movies have Bradley Whitford, which is funny. But <laughs> I I thought Brad or I thought Bradley Whitford. I thought that Cabin in the Woods was primarily a comedy first. And so I was like, "Yeah, I wasn't going to count it. I enjoyed the movie, but I just didn't feel like it was a horror movie.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think that's a fair line you drew.
0: You also never feel, and I think the difference for me was in considering Get Out, a horror movie, and Cabin in the Woods, not a horror movie, is that I, I never felt anything for the main characters like they're in any sort of danger in Cabin in the Woods. But right. I feel like with Get Out, you actually really do feel that way for the main character.
1: Yeah, he uh, he did a great. I mean, p- part of that is a credit to him, because it is extremely well written and the you know and well directed, like you said, and cinematography is fantastic. Just like there's so many memorable, vivid scenes in that movie. But he, p- the way he played that part, really kind of elevated that sense of you know you identify with him. The situations they put him in, leading up to as the plot progresses, are a really effective way of delivering that message. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what's your number one? Number one for me is John Carpenter's Halloween. Whoa, interesting. Love this movie. One of my favorite movies ever. I know it's like a campy, you know, it was like one of the first slasher movies, literally. Campy. Um, yeah, really campy, really over the top slasher film. You know, Donald Pleasance plays the detective. That's or the it was was he a detective or did he work for the psychiatric? Facility, I don't remember, but good question.
0: I um, haven't seen it in a long time.
1: Yeah, it's he. It's just great. I mean, I don't think another movie has. I'll go as far as to say, I don't think there has been another movie since that movie that has as effectively set up an atmosphere, created dread. Everything from the music to the street they chose to film it on to the time of day to the way the houses looked. Everything is perfect fantastic movie um i could watch it i watch it every year around halloween but i I, it's just a great movie it's a michael myers is there's a reason he's such a
0: um signature character in cinema history love it and i think his turn in cat in the hat is also like terrifying
1: (laughs) or the love guru
0: (laughs) oh my god i didn't see that but uh (laughs) well i didn't see cat in the hat either i guess You know, I'm a few Mike Myers movies behind. I'll admit it.
1: I think the last one I saw was So I Married an Axe
0: Murderer. That was before... Well, that was like... Oh, no. Austin Powers was after that. Yeah, Austin Powers. I think So I Married an Axe Murder" was probably his first feature length.
1: Uh, Was it? No, that was after Wayne's World. Do you think? Yeah, I'm sure. Because So I Married an Axe Murderer was 93. I think Wayne's World was 92.
0: Okay. I'm not going to verify that, but uh, I'm sure our listeners can let you know if you're correct. But it it sounds correct to me.
1: I'm really taking a big, uh, putting a lot of stock into that one year difference.
0: You know you're going to hear about it, if that turns out to not be the case. Yep. Alright, my number one, as I kind of alluded to already, is Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to even consider this a horror movie at first, but... You know, it is terrifying, so I think it should be considered. The night vision scene is just, like, scary. It's legit scary. Yeah. And I don't want to reiterate too much of what you said, but... So I watched Silence of the Lambs maybe... um, Last time I watched it. You know, I can't remember. A couple years ago, though. And I watched Silence of the Lambs 2, or... What is it actually called? I think it's just called Hannibal.
1: Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Right after. And I will say the difference in quality between those two movies. And I know sequels are almost always worse, but the gulf in quality between those two movies is so large. I like I couldn't even believe Anthony Hopkins was in both. Yeah. Hannibal was like from the very beginning of that movie was like so goofy. And yeah, like, there was
1: there was a big gap and I think Hannibal and like Red Dragon and those other ones were a
0: different crew and all that stuff. Yeah, you could tell like it was just like totally different set of writers and directors, and it was just like baffling that Hannibal was not better or that they didn't make a better effort. But yeah, so Yeah,
1: it's No, you're right. Those are those other ones are weird, but Sounds of the Lambs is still a Yeah. I don't think I've seen Red movie. Dragon. I think I did, because Red Dragon was the book I read to introduce me to this whole series, and that's a really, for some reason, just reading that book is a lot more terrifying than any of the
0: movies they made. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. That's, um, yeah, the same for one of my honorable mentions, but uh, yeah, what honorable mentions do you have?
1: Okay, I got a lot, so I'm going to run through really quick and just give a comment. So I've got Manhunter, which is also a Silence of the Lambs universe. It's based on Red Dragon. came out about four or five years before Silence of the Lambs. Is that Gene Hackman? No, William Peterson from CSI was the main guy. He was great in it. Great movie. Um, The Devil's Rejects, Rob Zombie movie, which is also another one that was critically panned, but I enjoy it. Um, the Conjuring, which, not the second one, the first one. No, oh, I don't was, think I've seen that. It's pretty scary. It's a ghost movie. It's based on Ed and Lorraine Warren, who, like, do exorcisms. I don't believe in it.
0: Mm-hmm. But it
1: was one of those spook, like, jump scare movies, which I hate, but this one was done really well. Um, also, a movie called Frankenhooker, which I don't know if you've ever seen that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but Frankenhooker is great. It's like a horror comedy with a. Basically, a guy puts together a, pr- a woman into a Frankenstein's monster-like prostitute. Nice. It, a lot of fun for the family. And then we've got uh, My Bloody Valentine and April Fool's Day, which I have on a DVD together. So I included them together. Wow. Both so it's like early... one movie. What's that? It's like one movie, then, if it comes on the same DVD. Yeah, it's one of those flip DVDs where you put one side in to watch one and the other side to watch the other
0: one. What a technology!
1: Um, and uh, they're both early 80s Canadian um, slasher films, and they're stupid and ridiculous, but they're great. Um, I like Fright Night, which is I think in nineteen eighty five, like a vampire movie. That's a it's just a very strange horror movie, but it's it has a it has, it's one of those ones that relies on the atmosphere. They make it really spooky the entire time, so I like mm-hmm. that one. Um, I spit on your grave, which is a um, they call it like a rape revenge movie, which. This woman goes on a retreat to the woods to write a book. She gets raped by some country bumpkins, and then she hunts them down one by one and destroys them in a very entertaining fashion. It's Whoa. kind of that's a, a adult movie. Yeah, sounds like it. But it's really it's like a, I think it's from like the late '80s, and it's just very unique and, and strange if you can handle some violence. Um, I've got Carrie on there, which uh, I rewatched recently, and it's. A lot of parts of it are strangely uh, more kind of like comedy. It's almost like they're going for comedy in a lot of that movie, which I didn't remember, but still a very classic spooky movie. Uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which is uh, another early, early slasher movie. I think it came out in actually like 72. So it's about seven or eight years before the big uh, craze. And then Deliverance.
0: Oh, good pick on Deliverance. I was not thinking about that
1: movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's not, like, too many licks. I mean, there's, like, that and, like, the Jaws theme that, like, just so, like, are are just totally associated with the movie. Or they uh, have ch- only, like, ch- a few notes.
1: And then there's the ch ch <sighs> from yes. Halloween.
0: That's all I... My goal in life is to come up with just a really simple lick or sound effect or something for a horror movie that, like, everybody remembers it for. That would, that, be awesome. that would be
1: That would be amazing. That would be a great thing to be... That would be in your Wikipedia page, you know, created this this iconic sound effect or lick or whatever.
0: Yeah. That would be great. And brought the Sonics back to Seattle. Yep. Those two things. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. All right, I have The Evil Dead, Jaws, which would actually have probably been on my list, but I just wasn't really sure if that was a horror movie or not. So I'm putting in honorable mentions as a weird cop-out. But Candyman, Child's Play, uh, The Exorcist, Halloween, and what did I leave off? Oh, the one thing I replaced. So this was my number five. And it has some recency bias, but I thought it was really good and it just came out, A Quiet Place.
1: I have not seen it yet.
0: It's great. Go see it. I do like that
1: it's a John Krasinski joint.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is really weird. Um, I don't know what I think about John Krasinski, and I would not say he's the best part of that movie. But I guess his direction is good. And Emily Blunt is a great actress. The kids are pretty good, too. And really good movie. Yeah, I, would,
1: I, I want to see that one. And I'm upset that I forgot about Child's Play, because that, is,
0: that should have been on my list, too. Yeah, well, Child's Play, when you see it now, is, like, hilarious. But as yeah. a kid, terrifying. Yeah, the freaking doll comes to life and it's killing people? Come on. Exactly. All right, if you have some horror movies that we forgot to mention, I'm sure you do, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at... at whiskey sessions or send us an email at whiskey at gmail.com and we're going to take a minute now to read your emails so let's get to it these are your emails you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them all right the first email i have is from scott m from addison illinois beautiful suburb of Chicago, just north of Lombard. And he says, hey guys, on your podcast about movie flops, Brian mentioned two big ones. Heaven's Gate and also Waterworld. But an interesting side fact is that when Kevin Costner was making Waterworld, it was dubbed Kevin's Gate due to the cost overruns. And another side note, The Wizard of Oz and it's a Wonderful Life, were both box office flops when released. I did not know that about Wizard of Oz, did you?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know if I did. I think I remember hearing something about that, but it. I could just be hoping that I did. But uh, this is a great uh, email from Mr. Scott. I appreciate that he's uh, giving us these factoids. I really like the Kevin's Gate, The that one. i would never heard that before. That's Whoever came up with that is a clever person because that's that's a real good pun there
0: yeah like what what i'm trying to think what the last blockbuster kevin costner was in i mean he, uh he's been in like, day. trap day yeah he's been in like <laughs> 10 sports movies mostly baseball but that one was football uh, yeah yeah i don't know i guess i'm not sure i totally get kevin costner as an actor i don't think he's bad or anything but it's like what is the appeal yeah, i don't know he like tin cup was a big one for him wasn't it Oh, and that was golf. Boy, he's in a lot of sports movies. He's into the sports stuff, yeah. Yeah. All right, what do you got in the old email inbox?
1: Okay, so we got an email from Jerry in Trenton, New Jersey. Nice. He asks, what is the proper etiquette for tasting whiskey at a restaurant? I've been kicked out of the past eight establishments I've visited. All I do is swish the whiskey around in my mouth for a good ten seconds, then spit it violently Onto the table before yelling loudly to, loudly to never insult me with such swill again. Any tips would be helpful.
0: You know what? I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I think it's the restaurants.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Jerry just got to hang in there. If you you know you've got a bad tracker record recently, eight places is tough. But I think if you keep going and finding these new places that
0: serve you whiskey, you're going to find the place for you. Yeah, and I don't mean to be judgmental of where he's from, but maybe he needs to get outside to Trenton to find these establishments.
1: He might need to go to Rutherford or what's another town? The New Shore? <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe some small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I don't know what's around there. Who cares? East Coast is the least coast. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs>
0: West Coast burn for me, Matt. Yeah. All right, if you have an email, go ahead and send that to us. You can hit us up at WhiskeySessionsMusic at gmail.com. I almost forgot our own email address. And we will read those on the air, but that does it for this episode. B Pimp, you got any lasting words of wisdom for our listeners? The East Coast is the least coast. That's right. Don't forget it. All right, this is a Matt signing off. Bye. 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 See you, Pimp. Say bye.